0: Welcome back to the Conscious Writing Journeys mini-interview series. I'm Marilyn Bosquin, founder of Writing Women's Lives Academy, where I teach women who are done with silence, how to free your voice, claim your truth, and write your life experiences or your memoir stories with confidence, craft, and consciousness this interview series is a series of just profound conversations with women who write memoir and personal narrative women who have cultivated a conscious writing practice as an integral part of their life and who they are on this planet so conscious writing for those of you who are new to writing women's lives conscious writing is a method of writing that i have refined over the years that is designed to help women writers recover their voice and their sense of self from silence and to help them see beneath the surface of their story, but the surface of their writing to the deeper story truth that wants to be told. So it's um, becoming conscious of what that deeper story truth is. And we practice this method of writing in a group mentoring program titled Excavate Your Truth, Free Your Voice, a conscious writing program for women who are done with silence. And I will let you know more about this program at the end of this interview and how you can begin your own conscious writing journey if that's something you want to pursue. But right now, I want to introduce you to... Joanne Cooper, who is here to talk to us today about her experience with um, being on a conscious writing journey, and that is a part of a much larger consciousness path that she is on. She's really magic. Um, We were just talking before the call, and I was getting chills just from the nuggets of wisdom that came out of her mouth. Um, Just in the few minutes we were were talking before we uh, hit record. Uh, So you are in for a treat. Um, Joanne Cooper is an emerging essayist and memoirist. Uh, She explores topics of faith, mystery, healing, and transformation in her writing. Um, she is a Northeastern native here in the United States, and she has a background as a critical care nurse and also as a professional acupuncturist. And after some life-changing life experiences, Joanne felt um, at midlife a deep calling to write her story, and she describes finding her true voice on the page as And I love that this is how she describes it. She describes it as a homecoming to the truth for herself personally, but also a homecoming to a much larger understanding of our collective universal truth. And in her words, she describes that collective universal truth as, we are all comprised of love. And that sense says, Uh, just about everything about Joanne and who she is. So welcome, Joanne. It is so good to have you here today.
1: Thank you. I am really so honored to be here with you. Um, This is very exciting. Thank you.
0: Well, you know, one thing that um, is unique about your writing story, uh, your writing journey, um, that I think so many women at Midlife can relate to is that you didn't consider yourself a writer before recent times? If I've got that right, oh, no. <laughs> is that right?
1: Despite despite evidence, I would even uh, kind of deny the evidence that I was a writer. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yes, and so can you tell us your story, your writing journey? Sure. What brought you yeah. to um, What brought you to Writing Women's Lives Academy? Right. To, okay.
1: To get- so a lot of my stories tend to involve a synchronicity. So
0: love that. <laughs> love it. As
1: well, um, <coughs> it'll be kind of fun because it's another one of your um, your sisterhood women that it, it involves. Um, but as far as like my my early writing history, I mean, I've always kept journals. Um, you know, just as a kid, you know, journals, journals, journals. And, um, you know, that was always a lifeline for me. And I remember getting into 10th and 11th grade English and composition class and feeling like, wow, you know, this is amazing. This is the most amazing class ever. Um, And being told, I can still remember my teacher, Mr. Winner, sort of, calling out a few of us in class and pointing at us. He was a very direct kind of guy. <laughs> um, kind of, <laughs> he was kind of And he would say, you know, after different being, things being submitted, he would say, you know, this was good or that was good. He, was, he was, <laughs> was old school. He was kind of like a little bit of a calling out kind of a guy. But he remember he said, and he looked at me and he's like, you are a good writer. Mm-hmm. And I had never heard praise um, of my writing before. And I remember it scared me. It really, really scared me, and I, I just—I remember thinking, I just want to do well in this class. I think it's amazing, um, and I just wanted really didn't have a formed sense of self at that point to even consider. For example, it's—I'm a junior in high school. That you know, hey, I could—I could major in English in college. <laughs> I could really explore this writing thing. It just wasn't—I wasn't formed enough, is the best way I can describe it. Um, <laughs> And then I, you know, went off to college, um, was a little bit of a lost soul for a while, um, and then kind of pulled myself in, reined myself in, and headed to nursing school um, and got a, a bachelor's degree in nursing. And I had a, a similar experience there where we had to submit um, an essay kind of uh, thing. It was probably something like the holi- holistic, I know it was something about holistic nursing, like describe what holistic nursing is. And I remember kind of romancing that essay because you know it's very different from anything else we were doing um nursing is clearly not a very creative endeavor per se and I thought oh I have a chance to write and really explore here and I was so happy in it and getting the feedback again from the teacher like writing on the page I remember saying like in bold letters like you are a very good writer Mm -hmm. and you know and I thought well I know because I'm a nurse (laughs) so like put this aside and um you know, really kind of just totally put it aside and never really thought about it, went on through my life, you know, worked, um, had my daughter um, and in the process of, if I could kind of interject this here, of having my daughter, a lot of, um, or a fair amount of trauma kind of around becoming pregnant, becoming a mom. Um, I got pregnant with triplets and my, only my daughter Sophia survived. Um, I lost my daughter Katie at nine months, and my son Ben, when they were born, they were born very premature. So it was quite a harrowing experience. Um, and I believe if I look back now, that was really the when I began to be a writer. Because if I could say, you know, become a writer, because I began to write journals to them. Um, it was a connection I could keep to all three of them. I was writing to them when I was pregnant, as many mothers do, you know, write things to their babies in a journal. But I kept something for each of them, you know, for a few years afterwards, um, so that I could keep connected to them. And I think, you know, it just, it really seeded me with, you know, the, these experiences and this incredible love and this incredible loss that over time, you know, um, needed to be vented, <laughs> needed to find the sun. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, so fast forward, I'm, you know, raising my daughter. She's doing pretty well. Um, she's older. I decided to go back to graduate school, still not writing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I go to acupuncture school because I want to, I, I really do. I love being an acupuncturist and I wanted to be an acupuncturist, but I remember being there in school, maybe second year. and There was probably some kind of anxiety even that came up that I thought this writing thing, this creative thing. And I was doing all different kinds of creative endeavors, like that were sort of around, you know, like kind of like petals around the flower, but not the middle of the flower, if you know what I mean, like oh, wow. painting or just doing little, just all different kinds of just seeking, intensely seeking, trying to get to the truth of myself, trying to get to just, just and also to really, I think, still process, certainly to still process the trauma of what had happened mm-hmm. um, with my kids. Um, so that is kind of how I began to think Maybe writing is it. Like maybe this is. It just I. I don't remember the exact moment or the exact thing, but you know I was on one of my ex, excursions, if you will, into I was at an art camp. I was actually at a training to to teach um, some art classes on the side. I, you know I'm always a little bit of a dabbler with all kinds of creative things, and I had come across your website, Marilyn the year before, so that would have been my second year in graduate school, and um, Writing Women's Lives was not um, up and running at that time, or it it was on hiatus, so um, I remember thinking, oh, this looks kind of perfect, you know, (laughs) this is perfect, but it was not, um, it was not running, so I thought, okay, I kind of put it on the back burner you know, I, I'm, I'm been going through my second year of school. I go to this art retreat thing, which again, I have like no time for mind you, like I have no time for all these creative endeavors. I'm in graduate school, <laughs> mom, I'm like running myself ragged. I'm like, what am I doing? And it's really this intense seeking that I'm looking for mm-hmm. to try to find what I now think is my voice. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's always not, it's not a straight path. Um, and I, met a um, a co-trainee there at the retreat and and she, I said, you know, hello, I'm Joanne, you know, I'm an acupuncturist. And she's like, Oh, hi, my name's Anna. I, and I, I'm a writer. And I said, what do you write about? And she says, I wrote a book on grief. And I thought, bing, bing, (laughs) you're someone who actually wrote about the thing that has the most um, intensity for me and the, and perhaps one of the hardest things to write about. Um, There's many hard things to write about, but certainly I know for me, that has been a challenge. Um, but here's someone who did it. So it's kind of grace. You know, it's a, it's a grace wink, if you will Um, Mm -hmm. saying yes, this happened. And here's this lovely, amazing woman and she's actually done it. So maybe you could do it. Um, and I remember it was the very end of that retreat. And I sat down on the couch next to her that last day. And a few of the women at that training retreat had been asked to give testimonial and she gets up to do testimonial and she mentions your name. Oh, wow. in the testimonial, yeah. <laughs> so I go. So I'm on the couch and I go. Well, wow. Okay. You know, <laughs> let's pay attention to this. And um, you know, big believer in synchronicities. It's one of the themes I love to write about the most um, from my own experiences. So that was clearly one. And she sat back down, and um, I really committed on that couch that I would begin writing. I thought, this is it. Um, Yeah, we're here. And this was like this beautiful retreat. It was in Idaho up in the mountains. And I'm like, I don't even, I'm not even here for this. Like, I am here to write. Like, it was really, it was funny, actually, to think about it now. I mean, at the time, I thought, well, aren't I here to do this art thing? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I don't think so. I think Grace had me all the way across the country up in the mountains so that I could really pay attention. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. And that that was a Saturday night, flew home Sunday and Monday morning. You had emailed out to me personally. I think you had sent an email saying, do you remember me? Writings Women Lives is up and running. And oh, the um, excavate course. It was yeah. the excavate course. Well, I, I, mean, I think it's when I really wanted to come back. You know, you had come it had come back, uh, home, you know, and in, into even working um, from the, the from the hiatus. And I thought, uh, well, there it is.
0: Oh, oh, well, oh! So I was on medical leave at the time.
1: Right. Okay. Yeah. I work with oh, that. I okay. Work with that. Yeah. Now but, I'm
0: piecing it together. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. It was okay.
1: that, that it was that long ago, I guess. Now. Um, wow. So okay. It but it was it was just the timing was intense. It was. Yes. You know, she was there. The grief book. They're there. She mentions your name, and then Monday morning, <laughs> I thought, well, you know, here you go. And so when you get that many open doors. Yeah. Um, to not walk through them is to betray yourself and I won't do that. So,
0: <laughs> Oh, wow. To not I walk through now them is to betray yourself. The third
1: course. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. so always rely on the synchronicities. They're, um, they're, they're grace guiding us for sure.
0: Oh, that's so uh, beautifully said. And you know, I'm so struck by the amount of, um, encouragement that you received for your writing along the way, because I so many women have a different experience, so I hear it again and again my own story. you know, I had the experience of a professor at college um, in my very first creative writing class telling me well, telling the entire class that i didn't have a voice in so many words. Um, he shot down a story that I had written um, one of the, one of the first stories i've ever ever written and I, and when I tell that story to uh, groups of women. Um, women come up to me afterwards and that is always the thing that sticks with them because they too have had a similar experience of someone telling them something along the lines of, you know, you're not a good writer. So the fact that you had a different experience, but what's so interesting is that you kept having that experience and, and yet you know, perhaps you weren't ready for it yet. Um,
1: right. And what, and what I can really say is hearing, um, kind of hearing us discuss this, is that what I know is now from doing the excavating work is that really that, I didn't have that voice from my youth. You know, I had a very depraved childhood, I would describe it. It was, it was very painful and it was something that I would say I survived. And mm-hmm. so when you have, and hence the sense of self is not really formed and takes longer. I think that's the encouraging news is that you actually can get there. It's just going to take you longer. Um, but I, I say, I think you even asked me once this, once Marilyn about the, the synchronicities and you were like, why do you think that these happen for you? And I said, I think they happen for everybody, but I also think I needed them because I was never, the internalized voice was never going to be there that I should be a creator or should be a writer because I just never received any of that kind of positive encouragement Mm -hmm. as a kid. And if it doesn't get, if it's not formed in childhood, um, it's very challenging, you know, then to have any belief. It it creates a lot of empathy um, for oneself and others. Um, But I also love that it broke through all of that, nonetheless and insisted on being heard. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And, you know, and, um, well, I guess this is kind of a two part question. Well, um, one part is what has it been like? Um, Cause I, I, I have a very, uh, my hunch is that there are a number of people listening who um, are at mid, midlife or later. And, um, have experienced nudges to write, but perhaps haven't actually formally in some way uh, done that for themselves yet. And so what, what has it been like for you to start writing or to, you know, really take yourself, your writings or that moment on the couch of committing to your writing? What has it been like since then um, at middle age? And then what has... How has writing helped to to form your sense of self, as you so beautifully put it, that 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 there was a time the sense of self wasn't formed yet has no. how has writing um, helped you to to get a sense of your own self and being?
1: I mean, I think it's it's just it's just the doing it the day in and the day out, and mm-hmm. uh, not that I always write every day. <laughs> I aim to write every day. Um, but the more you, I think it's interesting. It's kind of like having a garden. Like if you continue to tend to it, it will continue to flower. But if you don't, it will grow over, you know, and the, and this, and the soil will grow over thing and you know, it'll just be, it'll struggle. But then the, that's like the beautiful thing. You can always go in and clear it out again. And it, continues to flower um and it doesn't mean because you're I mean I'm 45 right now and I guess I began writing when I was 42 um it, it doesn't go anywhere like nature we are nature and we know how to do that like it's it's part of who we are and how we're made and how you know creation made us to be so it's never too late um yeah. Yeah. it's never too late I mean it, it really isn't it's it's more, I think, the internal work of, of, right. of being the dragon, or I like to say, you know, learning to ride the dragon. Yes. <laughs> you get a shout you know. out to the heroine. Um, that really becomes becomes a thing. It's still challenging. I think that's important to understand that it but here's the thing, like nobody's getting out of that. Like every single writing book I've ever read is all about like, you know, how do you get through resistance? <laughs> like how right. do you,
0: how do right. you
1: do the voices in your head? Like how do you do I mean it's just that that's not unique to middle age. Um, And on the flip side, what I would say is, wow. I mean, what I didn't even know before I was 40. I mean, I feel Mm -hmm. now this is a very, particularly for women, it's a very exciting and interesting time in our lives because we've come midway and Mm -hmm. really see, you know, look forward, but also look back. And Mm I would say, I don't think I really knew much (laughs) until this (laughs) 40 anyway. So I'm always kind of so impressed with younger people when they're really formed like that. Yes.
0: Yeah. Well, and isn't that Maxine Kuhn quote, um, Sleeping Beauty was 50 years old when she woke up. Oh, really? Like that. Oh, I yes know that. But I have to I have to tell you, Joanne, this is this okay, so here we are having this conversation and there's a synchronicity, but just oh, it's okay. like, like something you just said when you compared writing to tending a garden. And if you tend it, it'll flower. And if not, it'll grow over. But then you can always pull the weeds and get back to it. I kid you not, today, right before this call, I had, for those of you listening, I had sent Joanne an email and I had said, you know, um, my last call went a little bit over. Uh, I just needed to take the dogs out and grab a bite to eat, you know. Anyway, so I took the dogs out. This is literally before our call, Joanne. I took the dogs out. I'm standing there looking at my backyard And for whatever reason, the thing that caught my attention was these two plots that could be little gardens that we have uh, next to a shed out back. And a couple of years ago, we, you know, put in new dirt to make space for a garden. And I looked, and there were, you know, we it was overgrown with grass and weeds. And I'm looking at it, you know, and there was that moment of, oh, Marilyn, really, couldn't you, you know, be someone who could keep a garden? And then, but you know what I said to myself? I said, Marilyn stop you're someone who finished an essay last week and sent it out to several places and you're about to send out another uh, so i i caught myself doing that but the fact that it was looking at a garden wow. <laughs> you know and that was overgrown um you, i just find you, it you had a different garden
1: blooming <laughs> yes exactly, garden blooming
0: exactly exactly yeah. and I, I actually should credit ann lamott because um she was actually also came to mind during that moment because I heard her speak, I've heard her speak before. And one, at one point in time, I've heard her say that, you know, she's not a gardener and that kind of gave me permission to overlook the, the weeds too. But I love, love, love that analogy. Um, and I guess we could use it to tend into the sense of self as well, right? Uh, the way we can tend yeah. to our writing practice and to our sense of self.
1: For sure. For sure. Oh, I love that that happened. That's that's wonderful. And when they when they happen so quickly like that, or when there's something that you can point to so directly, um, there's always a healing occurring. Like that's mm-hmm. what I in my investigative work. I'm like, what are these things? <laughs> yeah. And in my writing, I mean, I see it as I write about them that there's always a transformative arc of healing happening. I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. you get some random ones where it's like, oh, you know, I saw a thing that reminded me of what I was just talking about, and and it doesn't necessarily have a lot of depth to it, but um, I think there's a whole little mystery world out there that is very close to all of us um, that we don't see, but we do see.
0: Ah, And is your writing a way, is your writing one of the avenues through which you see it?
1: Sure. It's a conduit that I think Mm -hmm. that allows for, because it wants to, um, it, it wants to connect to us. And we, of course, like, I mean, my deepest experiences, of course, came through grief and still feeling connected to my children that have passed. And I think, well, is there any more desire on the earth than a mother wanting to stay connected to her children after they've they've gone? So to me, that's just an obvious thing (laughs) that there would still be some connection. And I say that very tenderly and with humility, um, because loss is, you know, particularly of child is a, is such a, uh, you know, such a tender, tender thing. Um, But for me, that has been my experience. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't have to be loss. I think it can be any kind of growth or transformation or healing of any kind really. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well, and you know, and it just points to how uh, writing is such a, and writing memoir in particular is such a healing art um, that it really does give us that, um, as you put it, the depth and the transformation. And I love how you say, you know, it wants to connect with us, this invisible or mystery, you know, wants to connect with us. Um, because when you say that, I think it can can double as our the deeper story truth oh. wants to be told through us. It really wants to get our attention, our voice. Like I um you know uh, it's like i tell uh, writers uh, students who don't yet consider themselves writers or really want to but haven't allowed themselves to claim that part of themselves yet i say you know if you have that inner nudge to write you're a writer because that is your deep wise writing self tapping you on the shoulder right it's that that story wants to be told And stories save lives. I mean, stories are healings, if we think about it, right? Every time when we hear someone tell their story or read a memoir, we experience a healing because we get to, there's a shift in our understanding and awareness of what it means to be human. And we get to have that human experience, the emotional truth provides, um, which is what good memoir of course brings to the page. I think
1: the most, um, it's, you know I mean it may be the most vulnerable kind of writing um is to write uh-huh. oh I mean it requires immense courage and mm-hmm. um i I just have such admiration for all memoirs because it's it's the most vulnerable of things um, mm-hmm. if you really are you know if you're able to dive down and you know and I'm only in process of that, so I certainly can't speak as an authority to it but what I know is, is that if I can look at something I've completed and really feel that it's, um, the voice that needed to come out, came out without, without restriction, um, Mm -hmm. then yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, (laughs) that's, it's, it's just, it's such a thing to be proud of, but also Mm -hmm. to even feel humble about because that's, yeah, it's, there's all of, it's like a whole mix there of like humility and courage and insight and um, and truth, yeah.
0: And the like you you raise, um, you know, vulnerability, and that really is where our our deeper story truths. In order for them to emerge, we we have to allow ourselves to be vulnerable, which does take courage because we're up against all the shame and humiliation that we've internalized with the silencing, right? Um, do you do you have any thoughts about, um, or can you share your experience? about um um any understanding about yourself and silencing and how writing has given you back a part of yourself uh in your journey in your consciousness journey
1: absolutely yeah yeah i i mean I, i think i think it's probably true for most people and most women that you know, you can really trace back to your youth. Uh, not always, of course. You know, there's mm-hmm. there there is everything cultural that's kind of on top of your your youth mm-hmm. as well. But for me, it was I mean, silence was a method of survival. I, I needed to disappear yeah. in my youth to to survive my youth. And that was just it was a very mm-hmm. um, if not blatantly stated thing, you know, um, understood thing. And mm-hmm. so for someone with clearly such a need to voice, um, You know that was that was a a real pain, a real ache to have carried my whole life. Um, Mm. I'm not sure if that really answers your question. Oh, and that
0: it does. And what occurs to me as you say that is, you know, silence was a method of survival at one time, and that now, yeah, it's a different. The the, the survival of yourself, S E L F, capital S. The survival of yourself really depends on your writing your story, writing your memoir.
1: That's our God given or whatever, goddess given, whatever one believes, that is our right. That is our natural mm-hmm. right to have a voice. Um, nobody can take that from you really but you. Um, mm-hmm. And I think coming to that place, which is for me, was coming out of a state of victimhood, which was really just a method of survival, mm-hmm. um, You know, turning towards those kind of coping behaviors that weren't helpful. So letting go of that archetype, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, became very empowering um, and also freeing. And, and, and continues to be, that's like the lovely thing about it. Like the more you do it, the more you feel even more free and more open and more in your own self. And it's mm-hmm. just, there's no, there's no better feeling than really being home. you know, not in a home that's outside of you, but the home that's inside of you. I keep thinking oh. of, <laughs> oh. within. Um, I keep thinking of the Maya Angelou quote, there's no greater agony than bearing mm-hmm. an untold story. Um, yep. Yep. Absolutely, um, and I think any kind of trauma or loss that's that's um, that's you know as deep for us as it can be, it, it yeah, you'll know if you need to tell your story, and
0: it's, it's not going to leave you alone, right? It's
1: not going to leave you alone. Yeah, it's not going to leave you alone, and it can feel like it can destroy you. Like, oh my gosh, this thing is yeah. going, you know, it's going to be too much to bear. But again, I I think living with the agony as long as I had, you know, of not telling the truth of my experiences, you know, it was no comparison to being free in my voice. Yeah.
0: And where are you, um, where are you on your conscious writing journey today? How has your, you know, how has your writing grown or changed you since you first, what you said just a few years ago, right? That you really, Committed on that (laughs) sofa.
1: Right, right. Well, I find myself being more bold um, and emboldened and empowered. And that, um, you know, and that certainly has come with a kind of, I wouldn't say a mixed bag. That doesn't sound the right way to say it, but. You know, like your life can really change when you become empowered.
0: Yes, tell us more, please.
1: <laughs> like my marriage ended, and I think a large part of that was because if you come to the truth of who you are, and a lot of us get married young, um, and this is by no means like a, a you know a promotion of marriage or not marriage or whatever. But I know, I know for me, let me say my story. I was married young, and I wasn't very conscious you know, I was um, looking for this white knight to rescue me. And while I really value um, my, you know, former partner now, I realize, you know, the white knight was always me that was going to rescue me. And it was, and I would say it was grace and, you know, and the divine as well, but kind of all intermingled, you know, um, maybe one's the knight and one's the horse. I don't know. (laughs) But Yeah. So things like that, your relationships can really change. And I think as a woman, when you become empowered, that really creates some ripple effects around you that um, can be surprising. I remember having, I always, I'm a bit such an idealist. I remember thinking, well, of course, everyone would be happy to see, you know, that you're empowered. It's almost like thinking like, Oh, if I employ healthy behaviors, everybody's going to be good with it because it's healthy, (laughs) but that's not the way we are. We're not wired that way. And we all have our own stuff that we're bringing to the table. And, um, so yeah, it changed my relationships, but lost some relationships, obviously, but also formed new ones that were more authentic and more real, um, and more filled with love. And, um, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's exciting place to be when, when you're, yeah when you let go of things that didn't serve you, but also Mm -hmm. to have like just the grace with yourself and the compassion. Like, of course, I mean, we do, you know, we all do as women, we all do as people, but as women, we have our specific set Mm -hmm. of things that we hold on to that. Yeah. So the writing will, it will mine those things out and you'll find all these jewels, but you're also like, oh, there's all this like grit and dirt that kind of, not, I don't mean people, but just um, the ways with which we move through the world that gets tossed aside. Because you're like, I want the gems now, I don't want
0: dirt no longer settling right which is part of you know we learn to settle early and then you learn not that you uh recover your voice and your sense of self and you no longer are able to settle to go back to what you started with which is you know you could no longer betray yourself to not walk to not walk through it and i what you just said about if you come to the truth of who you are your life will change your life can change and you know that that's not always um without well, consciousness is, can be messy and painful. I mean, it's just the yeah. way it is, right? That and it seems
1: to be like a disclaimer, like, you could really change. <laughs> like, you know, but like, you're probably going to be okay, but just now, you know, it's, yeah. I, I would say most, it, all the changes have been, have been, oh, I don't like the word positive. That doesn't seem, you know, quite to fit the bill. That, that just seems a little shallow. They've been, they've called me home. So mm-hmm can
0: ask for more than that you know yeah and and that's just uh, so much a theme of um, your teachings you know to to allow ourselves to come home but to rescue ourselves i think that that you know there's so much wisdom and profound power in a woman rescuing herself and for you to to you know share with all of us that you like so many of us had that kind of fairy tale internalized this is how my life is gonna be I'm going to you know find the knight in shining armor and yeah. then my life will be set. I'll be done. Whereas, you know, you've now come full circle and rescued yourself from that old narrative. And now you're, you know, claiming your narrative and forging a narrative as you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, archery, good stuff <laughs> yeah so inspiring and so joanne i would love for you uh do you by any chance are you prepared to read some of your work to us we i forgot to talk to you about that before our call
1: I'm nervous because i'm trying to pull it up and i don't want to lose the recording so i'm gonna i'm gonna do that now <laughs> okay
0: okay well we'll uh, if, if, we yes, yes, if we lose the recording
1: recording <laughs> <laughs> okay. so I, don't have, I don't have access to a printer right this time. Um, but I'll give you a little preface on the piece. So it's, it's the last piece I submitted um that that you had seen, Marilyn, which is called Full Circle. Oh. So it's a piece mm-hmm. about um my own coming to terms with treating infertility as an acupuncturist, having gone through my own um obvious, you know, struggles and loss. And I, I remember having a conversation at one point thinking my second year in school, conversation with God, conversation with the divine saying, you've got to be kidding me that I'm supposed to treat women for infertility because I loved, I was loving women's health. And I thought, well, a lot of women's health is going to be infertility. (laughs) And I said, this Mm. is nuts. Uh, I'm not this, nobody's this magnanimous, you know, it's just not possible. And um, then of course, as Grace is, it, it handed me an experience where my desire to, you know, support the woman that came in, who was, um, who was a friend, um, and who was a young woman who had never had kids before, and I so much wanted her to have, you know, to to have that experience of being a mother that it was it was just the perfect. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, I don't even believe in perfection, but there are some things that are, you know, divinely perfectly planted in your life to um, allow you to heal through that struggle and what I found of course on the other side was was so much spiritual truth and and so much love you know for this woman and for the gift that I was being given to be able to help her that also healed me so I'm not going to read the whole essay I'm going to pull up from a part that um that that will make sense and of course the full circle is a reference to coming full circle but also the belly of the mama (laughs) all right so let's see if I can get it are you still there I sure am. Okay, good. Thank (laughs) you, Lucy. So I'm kind of in the middle of the essay here. It says, over the next few months, I was able to treat Mara as she traversed the terrain of IVF. While her treatments in my clinic progressed, I I learned not only about how to support the process medically through acupuncture, but I also remembered. For I had forgotten the magic and beauty inherent in becoming pregnant. IVF is arduous and affects a woman on all levels, mind, body, and spirit. I knew I could help I found I could connect the dots of her presentation and support her best chance at success. Actually, it all felt quite easy because I knew this story, the one about wanting so deeply to know the fulfillment of being a mother, time and healing had gotten me far enough to know a few pearls of wisdom as well. I was merely serving as a conduit for the greater outcome that awaited because the mystery of creation is never short of a miracle. Laura uh, Mora took to treatment like a purring kitten curled up on a cozy lap. Furthermore, she showed the veracity of a warrior. As the process progressed, I grew so excited for her. While one could sense the certitude of good news growing, I did not dare share my enthusiasm just in case she wasn't pregnant. All the stars felt aligned. As I watched her experience, something precious was returning to me, a belief around motherhood I had long since forgotten, hope. Uh, for doesn't all life, new life, dare to begin in hope? Nine months later, baby Lachlan made his way into the world. As I pen this piece, he's just attempting his first steps. He's one amazing little guy who is so adored, it makes my heart sore. Whenever I see him, I am humbled to have contributed just a tiny part of bringing something so extraordinary into the world. Maura may have come to me for support for pregnancy, but it was my own healing which just as well. And they were there too, my son and daughter's spirits woven into the greater story. This is how grace transforms our interconnectedness and suffering into something unfathomable and gorgeous and true. Now I know when I lay my hands on a patient, they are part of all the stories that go forth in my treatment room. Their lives go ahead, contributing to a greater narrative of healing only angels could conjure. Sometimes the healer becomes healed as well. Perhaps that is most essential when one is both wounded and called. I've learned what is most elemental and divine is to see the signs, trust the miracle for life isn't about a beginning and ending. We are more than mere blood and bone. We are magnificent spirit and just like the exquisite round belly of a mama waiting to give birth new to new life in the world. We can trust that we are all part of the full circle.
0: Wow. Thank you, Joanne, for sharing that. And, um, both wounded and called, you know, isn't that just uh, what it means to be human, right? To all of us, yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you for putting that story into words and sharing it here with us today. And we will, you know, we'll all continue to follow you. And wow, can I just say that for someone who has just, you know, really, really taken on writing in the past. Uh, short period of time this is amazing (laughs) what you're producing um, and that you're working on your memoir as we speak and um, just really really appreciate about you um, how you have really made writing into a part of your uh, spiritual life you know nothing it's nothing yeah
1: so inseparable and I would really encourage I mean that's kind of my encouragement it's not for everybody because I, I think we're all wired you know we're all wired differently and and that mm-hmm. and this speaks will speak this idea speaks to some women and probably not to others but I always say you have nothing to lose by inviting <laughs> by inviting grace along on your writing journey because mm-hmm. um yeah I believe I believe that that stories that want to be told are about healing and healing is about love and Mm -hmm. so one will be supported (laughs) one will be supported in that journey Um, yeah
0: Yeah, that's beautifully said Um, in fact I'm going to for sure quote you with that (laughs) Um, you know that stories that want to be told are about healing and healing is about love um, profound so, well, would, um, you know, anything else you say, um, Joanne, I I, want to say, Joanne? I
1: To you, Marilyn, what a phenomenal experience it has been to take your, your courses. I don't mm. think I, I, no, let me reframe that. I would not be writing if I had not met you. Um, I mm. would have been too afraid. I would have continued to listen to the voice that told my English teacher in 11th grade and my, my nursing professor. <laughs> <laughs> that I could write. I go, no, 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 no. Um, because you create this kind of amazing safe haven, this, I think of it as a nest. I, I, for me, everything oh. you know, can turn back to motherhood. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like the little nest where, you know, you really, as writers, we, we can know um, that we're safe to find our voice. And I think, you know, it's almost like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Like, you need safety and security at the beginning, at the bottom of the foundation. And you do such a beautiful job at providing that. And then kind of pulling all of the participants up, up, up the hierarchy <laughs> to, the, <laughs> to the top and be like, I'm ready to produce this thing. So that, it's just, it's amazing. And I can't recommend enough to anyone to, to take your courses um, and just to know you won't be changed. <laughs> you will be changed mm-hmm. for the better. Um, be changed, uh, be changed and, and feel it in your heart
0: so mm. yeah. Oh well, thank you, Joanne. Thank you for saying that. I, I feel like I want to tell people I didn't tell her to say that. I promise. No, but I think it's all no, totally no, cool. She
1: never said that, but she is phenomenal. And your presence, Marilyn. You're. I I love. I just love you as a woman because you're. Oh. You have all of the the gentle. Um, you have all of this, oh gosh, how do I say, just this love like brewing from you and this kindness. And at the same time underneath of it, you are a warrior. <laughs> I love that combination because it shows that we can, you are the, like this role model to be all things as women, to be mm-hmm. all things that we want, that we yearn to be. I know I yearn to be, I yearn to be mm-hmm. all, you know, not, not the conditioned things I've been told, but that you can be the warrior. And you can be the lover and you can be so many different things. Um, and, and yeah. Can and can't the warrior of... incredibly. So thank, oh, you.
0: thank you so much. And and just that the warrior lover is really what it, it is to be a writer in a way, right. To, to really put our, our voices that come from that place of uh, within us that is love, right. That deeper story truth always comes from that, that place. Um But thank you, Joanne, so much. And just for those of you listening who are ready to begin your own conscious writing journey, I invite you to visit excavateyourtruth.com and check out the uh, mentoring program, Excavate Your Truth for Your Voice, a conscious writing program for women who are done with silence. Because registration is now open. And do know that space is limited because I do like to keep classes cozy. and just to create like a, a warm cozy sisterhood so a place where everyone's voice can be heard so um, and the program usually fills up so do go check it out if this uh, conscious writing and discovering your voice and your truth um, and if you know if the path of consciousness which as Joanne points out is a path of change Which it's going to, of course, you know, Joanne, draw for me the quote that you've heard me say so many times, I'm sure, because it it comes up uh, in the work I do again and again. But there's the Flannery O'Connor quote that I love that says, you know human beings vigorously resist grace because grace is change uh, and change is painful and isn't it funny that it would come up during a conversation with yeah. you joanne because you I talk about that. grace which is something i don't i'm not i don't usually talk about grace in those words but i think we definitely are speaking the same language and that certainly is one of my favorite quotes so for all of you out there if you are um if if you're if you're if you're ready to jump on the conscious writing journey and especially if you're terrified <laughs> you may want to you may want to check it out because uh you you certainly don't want to let fear determine
1: it's good next
0: <laughs> right well it's so funny how the fear can keep us from doing the very thing like i uh I, I have said uh to my friend sarah not long ago you know the uh the deeper the more fear we feel the deeper the dream right? The more we really want something, yeah. Yeah. the more fear we're going to feel, you know, but
1: but we're such silly creatures, we human beings. <laughs> we
0: are, we, we are. are navigating life. It really <laughs> is. <Life>. Um,
1: compassion <laughs> with compassion. You know, I was just in a meditation
0: group the other day and um, the topic came up at the end of the group about, um, Our teacher had been talking after we meditated about chaos and the importance of chaos to shake things up because then we have to try something new. And it's often when we're out of our routine that the creativity just blossoms and and a discovery is made. And she gave um, all kinds of examples. But as we were sitting there, one um, one of the participants said something about um you know always 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 shaking things up and I I had this I said you know is it okay ever to not shake I mean I feel like my whole life is shaking things up okay can we have a day off you
1: know vacation yeah exactly
0: so funny but but just that pull to want to have a break but um (laughs) <laughs> right to keep to the to move it into the fear and to keep uh, acting in spite of it i think that is what grows us and actually allows us to create the lives the conscious lives that we're here to live so yeah, yeah, anyway, okay, Joanne, and um, I will meet you in person. Um, it's it's kind of cool, because another person I've interviewed, will be meeting her, I'll be meeting her in person as well at HIPAA camp. And the three of us can just get together and hug and kiss in person. <laughs>
1: That'd be great. So
0: really looking forward to it. And thanks so much for, for taking the time.
1: Thank you. My honor. Yeah.
0: Okay, much love.
1: Much love. Bye-bye.